Hi, I'm Cassie. And I'm Jennifer. And you're listening to Green Talking, the podcast helping you learn English for good. Today, we are going to talk about digital waste. This session links to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal 9, Industries, Infrastructure and Innovation, and also Goal 12, Responsible Production and Consumption. So Jennifer, you wanted to talk about this topic today because you feel it is something that we don't usually talk about. I have to admit, I don't immediately think of digital waste when I think of sustainability. So why is this topic important to you? Yeah, I think digital waste is one of those elephants in the room. It's a huge contributor to greenhouse gas emissions that nobody wants to deal with or even talk about. And so many challenges around sustainability relate to communication, being informed as consumers and having the knowledge to make decisions. And that's kind of what we hope to achieve with this podcast too, opening up those conversations and just trying to ask some questions and help us all think about our consumption choices. So, digital waste. Since the pandemic, we have been traveling a lot less, right? We've been making video calls instead, which means there's no carbon emitted from travel. Great. But let's think about that a bit more. Imagine you have an hour-long video call with someone, maybe working on a shared document in the cloud. Relying on that cloud computing and those video calls actually has a huge environmental impact. And those data centers that support that activity consume large amounts of electricity, often sourced from coal-fired power plants. So I think we need some statistics to better understand the issue. I think it's time for... Fun Facts with Cassie. My favorite part of every episode. (laughs) So fact number one. The world's data centers, which are the storehouses for enormous quantities of information, consume about 3% of the global electricity supply and produce 2% of global greenhouse gas emissions. So they consume more electricity than the entire United Kingdom and produce roughly the same amount of global greenhouse gas emissions as global air travel. That is crazy. We talk so much about air travel in the media. We talk about flight shame. People are so aware about the impact of flying and we just never talk about this digital waste. I'd never have thought that it was the same. Okay, fact number two. The number of data centers, so the number of those storehouses worldwide, has grown from 500,000 in 2012 to more than 8 million today. (laughs) It is just mental. 500,000 data centers in 2012 to 8 million today. That is some strong growth. Okay, and finally, fact number three. Streaming through 4G data mobile networks consumes about four times as much electricity than streaming through Wi-Fi. Okay, so what that means is that if I watch a program on my mobile phone, on my data connection, that's going to use four times as much energy as if I watch that same program, but connected on a Wi-Fi network. And that's because the phone itself is very energy efficient. 
So when you are streaming something, the consumption comes almost entirely from the transmission of the data and not the phone's use itself. So that's why we see such a big difference depending on which type of network you use to receive that information. So you might have seen that some research came out in 2019 suggesting that watching Netflix was one of the most polluting activities we can do as consumers. And it caused a lot of panic and a lot of people thought that we need to stop watching Netflix completely. Um, but it turned out soon after that the report was actually falsified information with some exaggerated numbers and some misrepresentation of the truth. Misrepresentation of the truth? So fake news? Fake news, yeah. <laughs> um, this is a good example of just how difficult it is to really understand what is happening in this area and understand our impact. We don't really know who to believe. It's actually not just a problem for us as consumers. A recent survey spoke to hundreds of IT leaders about their data center practices, and the findings are interesting. While data centers have an enormous impact, as we have seen, energy efficiency ranked just fourth on the leader's priority list when building a new data center. And most respondents did not even know their data center PUE, or power usage effectiveness. This is the primary measure of data center efficiency. Even worse, most of them often kept their data centers at needlessly cold temperatures, like keeping your fridge really, really cold, wasting large amounts of power. Not good news. Yeah, not, not great at all. But there are some projects that are starting to communicate about this issue. One of them is the International Energy Agency, the IEA, have created a calculator which lets you see how much carbon you produce by watching or streaming. Yeah, that's really handy. Uh, and it just helps to start having those conversations. And it's really positive to see that some big companies in the private sector are starting to change. The big four are taking action. So Facebook, Amazon, Google, and Apple, they have all committed to 100% renewable energy. And Google is apparently leading the way. They reached 100% renewable energy supply in 2017. And so it's great to see that that change is happening at the top in these huge companies. And I hope that that will start to filter down, that we'll start to see more understanding of this need and start to see other companies doing similarly. But unfortunately, renewable energy supply is not going to be enough. And actually, it doesn't resolve one of the main problems, which is the heat produced from data centers. So let's think about those data centers a bit more. While most conversations about climate change are focused on limiting emissions from the automotive, aviation, and energy sectors, it's the communications industry that is on track to generate more carbon emissions than all of those sectors combined. Yeah, so we need to do something. There has been quite a lot of talk about locating data centers in cold countries to help them cool down and cut emissions. And Google actually tested this theory by opening a data center in Finland back in 2009. And they announced in 2019 that they would invest a further 600 million euros into these projects. 
but I don't know. Migrating 8 million data centers to Siberia seems like an unrealistic goal. <laughs> yeah, and surely that's just going to heat up the surrounding area anyway. Won't we just end up with Siberia overheating? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And as per usual, we will not find the solution if we are just sticking a bandage over the problem. We need to treat the root and change the system. Work with and not against. Work with and not against, exactly. So another example of exciting projects that are happening is in Norway, where a data center operator has promised that waste heat from their data center in Oslo will be reused to warm 5,000 apartments in the city. The company has signed an agreement with a local district heating supplier to redistribute the heat generated by the data center which, by the way, is also renewably powered. It's pretty cool. So imagine living in a flat that is heated by wind turbines, which are then helping to store your documents in the cloud. So I save my file, and then I can turn on my light. You save your file, and then you save the planet. (laughs) And Microsoft are also working hard towards changing their system so that their data centers are much more efficient rather than just using the same amount of energy, but from renewable sources. Microsoft are also trialing a data center underwater in Scotland. They believe that the water will cool the system and also reduce some of the damage that can be experienced when exposed to oxygen. Sounds ambitious. Um, I don't know. It sounds like it just risks putting more heat into the sea instead of into the air. Well, yes, and it's far too soon to tell if the project will be successful. And the last thing we need is to increase the sea temperature even more. But the most important thing is that we are trying because it is through research and development that we will find solutions. So research and development, data centers, renewable energy supply, that all sounds great. But what can we do as consumers? What about at the other end of the scale? Let's talk about emails. So had you thought about this topic previously? Had you thought about the environmental impact of your emails? No, not really. Yeah, so... There's an average of 240 million emails sent in the world per minute, and around 20% of those emails are never opened. Whoa, can you (laughs) say that again? Yeah, so 240 million emails are sent in the world per minute, and around 20%, one in five, 20% of those emails are never even opened opened. I'm definitely guilty of not opening all of my emails. And now to find out that each of those emails has a footprint. It's just the scale, like 240 million emails per minute. How many emails has that sent in the world since the start of this episode? (laughs) I don't know, billions. That's just mind boggling. And in our research, I found out that a short email can add about four grams of CO2 to the atmosphere. And then the average email is about 10 grams. And an even bigger email with a big attachment can have a footprint of 50 grams of carbon emissions. A typical year of incoming email is the equivalent of driving 200 miles in an average car. I just can't get my head around (laughs) that. 
And the global carbon footprint from spam or junk mail or those newsletters that you never read annually is equivalent to the greenhouse gases pumped out by 3.1 million passenger cars in a year. That is crazy. So just by not even doing anything, by receiving these emails globally, we are creating the same amount of pollution as 3.1 million passenger cars. That's just, yeah, yeah. terrifying. It really is. And storing all those emails in your inbox means that every time you open up your computer or your phone, you are using energy to pull that data out and present that email on your screen. So for any emails with attachments, it's being stored in the email provider server for you. And that's great. And it's really useful for things that you do need. But personally, I receive literally thousands of emails and attachments that I read once and then never, ever again. Same. And so not only is it really annoying having loads of old emails, newsletters, promotional emails, or being CC'd into emails that aren't even relevant to you Mm. and having them in your inbox, it's actually really bad for the environment. Mm. So the Carbon Literacy Project suggests a few things that you can do to lower your email carbon emissions. Number one. Reduce the size of emails by lowering the resolution and compressing images. Number two, regularly clean and maintain mailing lists. Number three, remove any contacts that unsubscribe and update any changed email addresses immediately. Number four, check your emails thoroughly before sending to ensure they contain all the necessary and correct information to avoid the need for a follow-up email. And number five, link to files or information online rather than adding an attachment. I think that's really clever and really Mm. simple to not put a PDF in attachment, but actually link to online. Um, Yeah, I think wherever possible, it's definitely something that I try to do if I know I'm going to send lots of emails referring to one document. I do tend to put it online and then send a link rather than as an attachment. And it's just a a new habit really to to get into. So there are some handy apps and websites that can help you with this as well. One example is CleanFox, which is pretty useful to help you automatically delete all those emails and help you unsubscribe. Wait, Jennifer, are you telling our listeners to unsubscribe? (laughs) Yeah, I think we might be the only podcast that says, and remember to unsubscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but it's true. Don't actually subscribe to us. Don't subscribe to us. (laughs) Or anything else for that matter, unless you really care. And if you change your mind about that newsletter or that YouTube channel in the future, take two seconds to unsubscribe. Unsubscribe! (laughs) (laughs) So that brings us towards the end of our episode today. Already? Already. Well, we don't want to have too big of a digital footprint, do we? No, not at all. So this is obviously quite a complex topic, and hopefully this episode has given you lots of food for thought. So Cassie, what has our chat made you think about today? So I'm going to finally unsubscribe from those newsletters. Unsubscribe. And probably from those podcasts that I'm not really listening to. (laughs) And not only are they clogging my inbox and my phone, but they are harming the planet. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And this is a topic that I find fascinating. So thank you for exploring it with me today. And I think maybe the most important thing is just to keep having these conversations and talking about this. And of course, delete those old emails and unsubscribe. Unsubscribe! (laughs) So thanks for joining this episode of Green Talking, the podcast helping you learn English for good. We'll link to all of the topics discussed today in the podcast notes, but we're really keen to hear from you. How have you made a change after today's podcast? What have you learned? What would you like us to talk about next? You can join the conversation on social media. We're at Green Talk FR. And we look forward to you joining us next week. Thanks for listening. And my catchphrase of the week today, turn the planet clean. Let's get talking green. <laughs> okay, keep brainstorming. <laughs> if you could see Cassie's face in response to these. <laughs> Bye. See you next time. <laughs>